Good morning, Crossroads. Welcome, everyone. I want to thank you all for being here this morning. For those of you who are joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're in the auditorium with us here this morning, would you please stand and worship with us? Conquers all anxiety. 
a great God we serve. Amen. Let's worship Him this morning. Thank Him for His greatness. What a great God we serve. You may be seated, please. Today we're, we're calling this Super Sunday. Many of you have worn your football jerseys. I would have worn one if I had one to fit, all right? But uh, we're glad that you're wearing them today. We're glad because this is a super day of celebration here at Crossroads. First of all, I want to welcome everyone here. Uh, we're glad that you're here. And if you are a guest, we say welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Please stop by our Welcome Center after the service. We'd love to just greet you and, and give you a gift just to say thank you for being here. There's so many things that God is doing in the church, and I just want you to know that uh, this is Super Sunday, and we are celebrating the wonderful act of God. In the Old Testament, God told the, the, the people, he said, never forget what I've done for you. And quite often, uh, there was a, a, on one occasion, he said, build a pile of these rocks, put a pile of these stones together, and every time you come by these pile of stones, remember what I have done for you. And I'll tell you what, I have found that in our culture and uh, just in life in general, we are really good at asking for a prayer request, but we're really terrible at celebration, aren't we? We're like, like we know we, we need, and so I've asked you to pray for that birthday gift to Jesus, for the missionaries, for $100,000, and God responded, and through the gifts of God's people, we saw over 140000 come in. Can we thank God for that today? So what I, what I decided to do today is we're going to put up, and we're just going to, I want you to see where all the people who are receiving on the other end, how our little church is touching the world. So I've invited two of our deacons up here this morning, Dan McNeese and Wade Baker. These are two of our great men of the church, two of our deacons. We have a number of deacons. These folks, I've asked them to join me this morning. Come on over in the light with me, guys, here, all right? Let's hear it for Dan McNeese. We love Dan. And Wade Baker, man, we love these guys. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be putting up the different ministries that we have uh, have been participating with that we've been able to, to give these gifts to because of your kindness, of your generosity, because of the goodness of God. He's been faithful. Amen? So this is our pile of stones today, and we're going to put this up. We don't want to forget what God has done. And so as we start here, you guys feel free. You have your mics on. Just feel free to chime in at any time. Hey, this is something about a particular ministry. And then I'm going to ask these guys to pray over the uh, uh, pray uh, prayer of thanksgiving when we're done, okay? First of all, we have the Washington City Mission. We support the Washington City Mission. That's out here in Washington, PA. Um, Roger Metcalf shared this morning that uh, he, he also goes in there. I think he leads a Bible study there. And so they have a number of programs that are helping to rehabilitate men and get them on their feet, families, women, all kind of things that God is doing at the Washington City Mission. So we're thankful we had that opportunity to be a part of that ministry this year. The Voice of the Martyrs. This is a ministry that goes and helps uh, missions. They're mission-minded, particularly in places where Christians are being persecuted. On their website, you'll see this picture here. This is the Voice of the Martyrs, and they're asking us to pray for people in China. During this, uh, during this season right now, during the Olympic season, they're saying, hey, let's not forget about the persecuted believers in China right now. So I want to encourage you, we, as we have given to them, our support is going to help their efforts to get behind into some of these places where, where, the, where the gospel is illegal, where you are persecuted. 
Steve Storkel is over in, uh, in Haiti. Steve Storkel was a youth pastor in Pittsburgh for many years. And uh, he gave a life of youth ministry. And then he moved on to be the uh, director of actually the uh, Converge for the Caribbean with an emphasis on Haiti as his real love and passion. So I want to encourage you there. Uh, Steve Storkel with one of the Haitian pastors as, uh, as they're going out and they're doing their ministry. Sam Fry. Sam Fry has been a, uh, a friend of, of Crossroads for many years. Sam Fry uh, has trained young people to go out into the streets of New York City, out into uh, Philadelphia and Boston. He trained me back in the day, and I'm sure there are a number of other people back in the day. We were actually trained how to share our faith going out into the street. So, actually the sidewalks, all right? So we went onto the sidewalks, right? But we went into the open air and shared our faith boldly, and we went out there. And then we have Sam Wilson here. Sam Wilson, Sam and Rhonda Wilson. And Wade, I, I can't remember. Do you remember these guys? I remember their names, but I was not. It was a di- couple years different. But they, right, so he's, he's got two or three years on us. So he's a couple years older than us. He has more gray hair. Actually, he has more hair. All right, so anyhow. Uh, but Sam Wilson actually came to church here, and uh, he was one of the bus kids. There were a number of us that came in on the buses. He came in from Mount Lebanon on the bus back in the day. And, uh, and he was part of the church. He got saved here. He's gone off and he is doing a Jewish ministry where he goes in. Uh, he was reaching Russian speaking Jews and now he reaches the Russians as they, uh, Russian speaking Jews as they migrate to, uh, somewhere here in the United States. Israel. Israel. Oh, Israel. Okay. He's in Israel. Oh, he's in Israel. Okay. So he's in Israel reaching the Russian speaking, uh, Jews. All right. Then we have Ryan and Sarah Johnson. Uh, from London. Uh, they're in London. They're ministering in London. We have Ron and Nancy Minton. Ron and Nancy Minton are in the Ukraine. Uh, your guests were able to support them. And as you're seeing all the unrest and all the tension in Ukraine right now, I want to encourage you to be praying for them uh, as, uh, as this is a really hard time up there, the Ukraine. Pray for um, Romy, Romy Capoli. This is Romy. We're supporting Romy as well. Romy is in the Philippines friend of Pastor Alfini's. You see him holding up a basketball there. He has taken a basketball and he is the, he's made a way to share the gospel through a basketball. So what he's done is he's taken the lines and he's put different colors and he has them printed especially for him. He goes in and he shares with teenagers and young people how to come to Christ using a basketball. Then when he's done, he says, keep the basketball and share it with somebody else. So hundreds and hundreds of people are coming to the Lord. Let's thank God for that this morning. Hundreds and hundreds of people coming to know the Lord. We have uh, also here in Monongahela, we're supporting the New Life Options Center. We, uh, this is a crisis pregnancy center right here in Monongahela. We also support the Cure Women's Care Program in Pittsburgh. Both these are centers to help help people find, to be able to make the choice for life. You know, uh, there's a lot of, we, we have a, we believe in life. That's what God's called us to. We believe that. That's a Bible teaching. But we also believe in the care and love and compassion to help people get there. Amen? So that's what we're called to do. I want to encourage you that uh, as, as, as these ministries are out there. Light of Life Rescue Mission. You know uh, Johnny Maminis, right? Yes. So Johnny Maminis works there, right? Yes. So, so John Maminis works at Light of Life Rescue Mission, and you see the Light of Life Rescue Mission there. He, uh, he's trying to disciple guys, and so we're coming alongside and supporting the Light of Life Rescue Mission here in Pittsburgh. Uh, this is Alice Wise and Kathy Galker. Kathy Galker is the aunt of Tracy Mulhorn, who attends the church here. So as um, 
they are two ladies that are missionaries in Haiti, and they have done this for a lifetime. They've been down there for over 35 years. And as they are, they go in, they started an orphanage. There were two single ladies that lived up here in Dunbar, Pennsylvania. And they said, we want to go do something for God. So they got out and they went down there and they, they go down. They stay every year till right about Christmas. They come home a few weeks before Christmas. And then they go back about the end of January to head on back. So uh, God has done incredible work with them, and we get to come alongside and help them. I think last year when we gave them, they said that they were able to buy a generator for their orphanage. Isn't that awesome? You know, think about that, folks. You want hot water? You need a generator, right? There's got to be some some things there. Um, Josh Stewart. This is a relative of Josh and Denise Stewart. Is a relative of the Slagle family. This would be. Ruth Ann Slagle's, Ruth Ann Slagle's brother. brother. Ruth Ann Slagle's brother, right? Ruth Ann Slagle's brother. And I would just want to show you here a uh, picture of a baptism. Just notice how he's going out. He's making new disciples. And look at that water. And I thank God for our hot tub in the back, don't you? So um, when you are ready to get baptized, we will not do that. We will do it in the hot tub in the back, all right? So... And I'm excited. Listen, there's a number of people that have told me they're ready to get baptized. Let's thank God for these things, man. God is doing great things. Doing great things. John Fowler, missionary to um, Panama. Do you, do you remember John in high school? Remember? No, we didn't uh, overlap, but I remember when he was at the Bible Chapel leading okay. a, uh, a ministry. Yeah, he, was, there, he led a ministry you. next door. Yes. And you remember him back in the day. John was younger than me, but John's dad was my Sunday school teacher for a while. Okay, so so the, John actually got saved at this church here. I baptized him in the hot tub. Talk about our hot tub, right? I baptized him in the same hot tub in the back there. Him and his now wife, Bianca. They have a wonderful family, and they are leading a ministry that is to reach an entire country, Panama. I want you to think about that because, you know, you guys working with the teenagers, uh, all those volunteering with teenagers, look what God's going to pull out of your youth group. One day somebody's going to go out and do something for a whole nation. Amen? Just thank God for that, man. What a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. We get to, get to honor the Lord with that today. We have uh, um, Jeremy Knickerbocker. Jeremy and Emily Knickerbocker, they are in France. We've had a nice, strong connection with them for many years. We have Jay and Brianna Stokes. Jay and Brianna Stokes are uh, ministering in Indonesia. Actually, he said New Guinea. This is a part of New, uh, Indonesia. And you can see the tribal, uh, the way that they're reaching tribal people. They go down. They sit down. And they're related to the Phillips, too. Yes. Right? Related to Scott Phillips that I don't have picture, but we're also supporting Scott Phillips. These people are going to the Dem tribe, and uh, his brother-in-law, Scott, is going to the Deo tribe. So that's really interesting. Look at the pictures here. What they do is they, they're going to people that don't even have a written language. And so they're, they're trying to tell them the gospel. So they give them, they get the pictures. And some of these look like things that I learned on when I was a kid. Like you say, oh, that's so outdated. No, it's not. These are people that don't have anything, and they're going in, and they're showing them. The next slide, they even made the Ten Commandments on stones so that they could get an idea of what it was like. So, man, we've got people out there that are really doing a work for the Lord and bringing people to Christ. Jeff and Arlene Berg. These are missionaries here, friends of Israel. They're part of our ministry here at the church. They attend our church. And I want you to pray for Arlene. She's had a number of uh, trials of health problems this year. Um, she's had some 
surgeries over the holidays here that have really been challenging for her. But they told me that they were able to get out and do some more ministry. Just even last week, some doors opened up that hadn't been opened since the pandemic. So we're thankful to God for Jeff and Arlene Berg who attend here. Yon and Anna Franca, they've visited the church here. Yon and Anna, they are now in Serbia. And they have an RV. They take this RV and they drive around to do the open air. So they'll drive out to a location, set up a table, and just say, Hey, we want you to know about God. But they're in a culture where God is not readily available. People do not hear the name of Jesus steadily in that culture over there. And then you'll notice, uh, continuing on, we have the Grace Church in Pakistan. I'm sorry, uh, James Lee Tika there. James Lee Tika is... a uh, a uh, friend of Pastor Al Finney's over in the Philippines. We're supporting James Lee. And also an orphanage. It's the Good Shepherd Fold Orphanage over in the Philippines. So we're thankful for all that is happening with, in the Philippines. Again, God is doing many great works in the Philippines. We're glad we can be a part of it. You'll see here Greg and Nancy Fritz. This is actually a cousin? Yeah, this is my cousin. Greg works in difficult-to-reach areas where they don't really want a missionary, so he has to go in in different um, situations. So he'll help uh, Christian businessmen, and then then they can disciple in there. And then uh, my cousin, his wife, she works with Sunday school teachers. They come from all over, and she helps them to teach the next generation and grow the gospel from young people. And get into these countries amen they're going into some of the hardest areas and again let's thank god man let's just stop and praise and look at what god's doing man god is moving and uh this is our joy and privilege to come and be on the supply chain we get the you know that's a different word today i realize but we are on the supply chain we get to help them get the gospel out the good news uh good news prison ministry is over in uh, hang on, I jumped ahead here. The Ch- Grace Church in Pakistan. We're supporting a church in one of the, a church that is actually meeting in Pakistan that is of like faith like we are. Man, let's thank God for that. That's a real tough place to be to be at today. The Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. This is uh, right here in Washington, PA. We have uh, our gifts go, and they buy Bibles and literature to give to the to the prisoners and inmates as they come in you know sometimes somebody's life gets derailed and as they go into jail listen there's somebody there waiting to help them find jesus christ right here in washington pa so i want you to be encouraged by that uh roger metcalf uh, another one of our deacons goes in and weekly has a bible study in jail and uh, I told him, I said, man, he's tough. You know, he's, he's, he's real tough. All right. Uh, Fritz Voltaire. Fritz. Uh, working in Haiti. Fritz is a, a Haitian and he has an orphanage in Haiti. Uh, our funds want to help feed orphans. You're putting mouth uh, food in the mouths of kids. Man, this is awesome. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing ministries. Uh, what they do is they have developed the Bible in in uh, recorded form so you can listen to the Bible. They have an app. You can go online and get this app. It's, it's, it's Bible.is. Bible.is. Download their free app. You can hear the Bible in about 2,000 languages. 
and it is read to you. They even have a program on there, listen to the New Testament in 30 days. I took up the challenge, and so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit behind, but i got 25 more days to go. But I want to encourage you, get on there and listen to the Bible. And so what they're doing is they're getting this in. They partner with the Timothy Initiative, who we also support. They have these little radios that are solar-powered, and they send them into villages so that they, that, uh, I guess they're not really a radio. They, they have the recording of the Bible on it in the languages. And so it's just incredible what God is doing. Had a great talk with the president of their organization on the phone. Fernando Bassler, you guys remember Fernando. He was here earlier this year, right? Yes. Yeah, right. uh, Fernando's a, a good guy, and, uh, and you know, he, he loves the Lord. He loves coming here, and uh, we were happy to encourage him along the way, Fernando and his wife, Isabel. Uh, we have Daniel Francois from Haiti. Uh, we, we are thankful that we've supported this church for over 30 years, and uh, God is doing a great work in this church still today in Haiti. And so when you send that to him, he, he takes the money. He pays the rent on his church. Not only does he do that, he goes out and he buys food for orphans. We get these letters about bags of rice and just some of the very basics that they're able to afford. It's really, really touching. I know, Wade, you've been to, probably went to that church back in the day on those trips. Yeah, when I was in seventh grade. Seventh I was grade. At his church, yes. So that was only three years ago. So, all right. Then uh, Daniel Gonzalez in Ecuador. Would you say a word about Daniel Gonzalez? Yeah. Um, I got a chance to go on a, a missionary trip in uh, 2010 uh, with Daniel and Anna, and it was really neat to see what he was doing down in Ecuador. Um, he works uh, primarily with kids and uh, getting kids to introducing kids to Jesus and um, having them uh, commit to their lives to Jesus. So it's, uh, it's great when people commit their, their lives to, to Jesus, but uh, I think it's even greater when they commit it at a young age because then they have more of a journey here on earth. And so that's, uh, Daniel does a, a great job of that, and he has a camp up there, and he's just a, a great guy and, and really has a good team and uh, just able to really connect with the, the kids. Amen. Let's thank God for Daniel Gonzalez. I know a lot of you know him. A lot of you know Daniel. And then uh, we have uh, another one who grew up here in the church, Rebecca Behrens. That's Rebecca Boer, Daniel and Rebecca Behrens. Rebecca grew up here in the church, and she is. Uh, they are now doing a ministry to Spanish-speaking uh, migrants here in the, in the United States. So we want to thank God for them. Thank God for Josh Watts at City Church. Uh, yeah, let's thank God for Josh, man. Yeah, you know Josh. And uh, Josh went out and he planted this church up there in Newcastle. Of all the places, Newcastle's a tough place, isn't it? You know, that's your brother-in-law. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anything you want to say about City Church? I think uh, I think it's really neat uh, the ministry he has because it's with um, uh, it's mostly I would say uh, uh, lower income um, uh, Newcastle uh, City. Uh, people and, and uh, there's a lot of kids involved with that as well and so I think they're doing a really good job of just getting uh, the Bible out and uh, and loving others. Amen. They're moving and they're reaching people that many people wouldn't go after. 
So it's, uh, it's, it, it's exciting what God is doing. Boston Baptist College, we're helping. We gave a gift, and it comes alongside to help train missionaries and pastors and teachers. And So these are incredible opportunities that we have here as a church. We have uh, Anthony Vahela from over in the Czech Republic. He's been there for a number of years. He and his family, I think he's got five kids. They are out there ministering faithfully uh, through the pandemic. This has been hard on so many of these missionaries. But your gift has come alongside them, and they say, wow, God has provided. I want you to think that, because they don't know these are coming. We send these gifts. Uh, they vary in numbers. We were able to send many of the ones overseas a little bit more this year because we raised 140 instead of just 100. God's gifts came in, and we were able to bless even more. Um, I also want to encourage you, the ambulance fund. I've been working on this ambulance fund with uh, with uh, Jeff and Arlene for about six years. And it was $100,000 to uh, get this ambulance over there to, to Israel, to have it built. It's a high-tech. It's, got, it's more than an ambulance like we would have here. They have all these high-tech things so that they can begin doing medical procedures in the in the. Um, ambulance itself. So uh, I want to encourage you, uh, with our overage, we were the last $1,000 that it needed to be able to get that thing to Israel. Let's thank God for that. Isn't that awesome? Man, we've been... We've been working at that for years, and so, I mean, uh, we just praise God for all that He's done. That vet, We're going to be able to get that thing here. We're going to have a dedication and pray on it before it gets onto the port to get on out here. We should see that coming in May. Um, also, the Timothy Initiative. I just want to encourage you, the Timothy Initiative, they go in, the, they focus on multiplying churches. Every $300 that we give them, they start a new church. And as they start a new church, it's not a building, it's not hiring a pastor. They go out and they say, okay, Dan, you've become a follower of Christ. Now help other people become a follower of Christ. And then you bring Wade and you help Wade become a follower. And then Wade brings his friend and pretty soon you have a church. And so where do you meet for church? You meet under that tree. You meet over here. You meet wherever you can instead of building buildings. And there's a multiplication happening. I want to show you a video or two from the Timothy Initiative here this morning. The unreached world, more than three billion people. They have no church bells or church choirs, no Christmas carols, no decorating Christmas trees or opening presents on Christmas morning, no Easter egg hunts, no Easter dresses, no Good Fridays, no raised on the third day, no conquering death, no he is risen. There's no God is love or God so loved. There's no forgiveness of sins, no by grace through faith, no pastors, no church, no Bible study after work, no Bibles, no Christians, no Jesus. And so they wait. They wait for someone to tell them, just like the generations before them. But for many, the wait is over. Disciple makers around the world are serious about finishing the task that Jesus gave us 2,000 years ago to reach every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. Places that never had a church in their history now have a body of believers who share with others about Jesus because no one should live without hearing that God is love and God so loved and he will come again. 
think the impact that Christ has made on your life, like in the culture that we live, we have Jesus. Without Jesus, there's no Easter, there's no Christmas. All those people never had an Easter or a Christmas because they don't have the name of Jesus. Somebody has to go and tell them. And so God is using this movement with the Timothy Initiative. And I'll tell you what, I spent a weekend with these people. I am blown away what God is doing. There are hundreds of thousands of people that are coming to Christ across, across our globe. Amen? Let's thank God for this. This is what God is doing, man. This is his move. Look at this next uh, video of some of the baptisms that the Timothy Initiative decided to share with us. Matthew 28:19 reads, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Because of your partnership, we are seeing new believers baptized all around the world as a step of obedience in their relationship with Christ. Clapping. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's have a time of praise this morning. We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to ask these men to lead us in prayer. I want to just, let's read a scripture together. We're going to read two verses, Psalm 145, verses 6 and 7. We'll have it on the screen here. Let's just read this together. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. That's what we're called to do. That's why we said today, this is Super Sunday. We are not going to forget what God has done. Amen? Listen, our God has done something powerful. This doesn't happen in our day and age. And it's nothing special about us. It's special about the greatness of our God. And so let's worship him. And I'm just going to ask Reagan if you'll play a little bit behind him as they pray. And as she plays and you pray, then we're going to stay standing and we're going to sing that hymn of heaven. And I want you to sing it with a renewed vision and renewed passion. Because this is what it's about. The move of God all around our world. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thanks for being uh, such a great God, such a loving God, uh, a God that cares about uh, each person individually, and each person is made in in your image. Um, God, thanks for uh, the missionaries. Um, Thanks for them uh, going out and and sharing your word, God, Uh, just just telling them who you are and uh, showing them your love. God, thanks uh, uh, for uh, the money that's coming, God. Um, you're, you're the owner of everything. Um, the, the gratitude, God, that people show, uh, that we're able to show, um, that's, that's a privilege uh, that we have. And um, thanks for uh, giving us the opportunity to do that so that your mission uh, can continue to go out. And, uh, God, you're, you're, uh, you're so big, and um, you have... Uh, uh, such a uh, such a love uh, for everyone 
um, we just like to to thank you um, for 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 you and uh, for your word and for for Jesus and uh, for giving us a chance to live with you in heaven forever. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Dear Lord, we just thank you that we can uh, come today and, and celebrate these this victory, this uh, this work. Lord, you're, as Dan said, you're so big and we're small, but Lord, you take our small little efforts, you put them together and multiply them, and you do such a big work. Lord, we thank you for the work you do on this hill, but Lord, we thank you for the work you're doing around the world, and we thank you that you allow us to have a small part and participate in that. Lord, may your name go forth and be praised. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. to have a sermon after that, right? I'll tell you what, what a wonderful thing to be able to praise and worship our great God and to celebrate what he's done. Again, we don't take enough time to celebrate. And I want to encourage you, celebrate in your life what God has done. Just uh, by way of a message this morning, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs. We've been calling them Proverbs, things that will help you in your life. And actually closely related to what we've just celebrated is a thing called work. You know, anything that you do requires hard work, doesn't it? If you want to be successful at no matter what it is, it requires work. As we have come to the Lord and we've given these gifts, well, it's because we work. We go out and we work. And I want to encourage you to think about this. Because as we work unto the Lord, um, God's called us and work is actually something good. We spend about 150,000 hours of our life at work. 150,000 hours of your life at work. Um, if you, uh, back in 1973, the average American spent about 40 hours a week at work. Now, today, they say that the average American spends about 46 hours at work. If you, uh, if you own your own business, uh, actually, if you're a professional, professionals will spend about 52 hours at work. If you own your own business, have a small business, you spend about 57 to 60 hours a week at work. Work is important. So if we spend, this is 40% of your waking hours are going to be at work. Now, if I would have known that when I was a kid, maybe I would never start to work, right? Uh, listen, you're 40% of your waking hours, you're going to be at a job somewhere. You're going to be working. So what do we do with it? There is a huge chunk of our time. Your waking hours, 40% being awake. You will spend more time at work than you will eating. You will spend more time at work than you will ever on vacation. Then all the weekends that you have off, you will give more hours to work. So what should we do with it? What does God say? And I want to encourage you. Today we're looking at how you can win at work. How do you win at work? Well, here's what the scriptures say. Proverbs 16:3 says to commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Let's read that together. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Another translation says it like this. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. We have to come and we have to commit our work to the Lord. You see, what, what, when you get up tomorrow and you go into work, some of you have a job, some of you don't. Some are full-time stay-at-home moms. Man, that is a full-time and a job. You put in more than 150 hours, right? 150,000 hours. You're putting in a lot of hours. Let's thank God for those moms out there, man. We, we, we appreciate that, right? 
And then for the other moms, they're a full-time mom on top of that and working. Let's thank God for those moms as well. There's a lot of work out there, right? You will spend so much of your life at work. And as we come before the Lord, he says to commit your actions, commit your work to the Lord. Somehow we kind of we kind of separate the weekend worship experience from Monday. Like you have weekend worship and then you have Monday. Oh, it's not Monday fun day. You don't ever call it Monday fun day, do you? You know, Luke, you take your kids. You call it Sunday fun day, right? I always say I'm Sunday fun day. Monday fun day. Nobody says that about Monday. But I want you to remember this today, that God says to commit our work to him. And here's why. Because work is actually a gift from God. Work, that's the first thing in your notes. Work is a gift from God. God has given you this opportunity to work. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, you'll see that the very first thing that that Adam did was he worked. Check this out. Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Now, when God created the garden... It was a perfect. Everything was perfect. Sin had not entered the world yet. And so he says, Adam, I'm giving you responsibility, and it is to work. He just didn't want him sitting around singing praise songs all day. Aren't you thankful for that? I often say, when we get to heaven, I'm not riding a harp on a cloud, right? I'm gonna, we're gonna, there's things that God wants us to do even in heaven. And this is really exciting because you look at what God did there. You read some of the things in the New Testament. It's like, man, we're gonna have responsibilities in heaven. We're like, this is gonna be wonderful what God has for us. But we see before the fall of man, before sin entered the world, we had work in a perfect environment. So in other words, they would plant, Madam would work in the garden. And as he was working in the garden, he would, they would plant and things would grow and there's no weeds. Could you imagine that? The fall, the curse came after the fall. After sin, work became hard for the man. Child labor became hard for the woman. Could you imagine that? You know, all you women out there that have had one or more children, right? You know how hard that was. That was work. Could you imagine that being no work? Like, like you just did it without pain. That's what it was before the fall. And so God allows us to have work. And the problem is today we're under the fall, so work is hard. There's, there's things go wrong. There's weeds we got to pull. And so as, as we go through this and we start to understand this, understand that God designed us to have responsibility. As you look over here in Ecclesiastes 5.19, um, it says this. Ecclesiastes 5.19 says, And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. Wow, listen. It is a good thing. God is the one who gives you your wealth. Now, understand that. God gave you your wealth, not your boss. God, didn't, God gave it to you, not your boss. As a matter of fact, God is your boss. And if you want to talk about undercover boss, we have an undercover boss. He came in a manger. That's as undercover as it gets, right? He's your boss. So when you go to work tomorrow, yeah, that's your supervisor. you got to do what the guy says. But remember, your ultimate boss is God himself. And that guy, his, his signature may be on your paycheck. But no, no, no. It's God who's given that company the wealth to give to you. You see, when we understand where the source comes from, we understand this comes from God. So the things that you have come from the hand of God. He says to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, 
This is indeed a gift from God. So I want to encourage you to, uh, to go out and, and to take your life and to commit your work to the Lord. 40% of your waking hours, there's a big... We talk about people saying, I need to follow God. I'm going to commit my life to the Lord. Well, one of the big areas is to commit your work to the Lord. Well, how do I do that? So what does that mean? Number one, I'm going to give you four, four more points in there. And um, we may get them all done or may not. I don't know. We'll see what happens there, right? Um, number one is to seek God first in your work. Just come before the Lord. And if you're committing your way, so you're going to work tomorrow morning... And you know there's a challenge. You know there's things that you've got to deal with. There's things that you don't want to deal with. You'd rather not go tomorrow, right? Go and commit your ways to the Lord. And this is what the Proverbs says here. Proverbs 15.8 says that the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. You see, the prayer of the person who is humble and seeking the Lord... That is the delight of God. Do you want God to be delighted with your life? Here's how you do it. You pray. So on your job tomorrow, you're going into work. You're praying, Lord, I need your direction at this job. Lord, I need your, uh, give me wisdom what to do today. I, I've got all these assignments. And Lord, I, I, I just need your help. So when you come and you pray, it says that the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. What he's driving at here is that prayer has got to be about dependence upon God. The sacrifice of the wicked. In other words, they knew how to go through worship motions. They knew how to do ritual. They knew how to just go through and they did it and their heart was disconnected. God says here, the prayer of the upright is his delight. So on one hand, we have prayer, and then I want to also encourage you to plan. Like you go to work, and you just don't go and say, well, I hope I get something done today. I have a plan every day. I write down what I think my agenda is for that day. And I'll, I'll let you know this because God says to make your plans, but he directs your steps. So quite often, my list doesn't get done because something happens, and I have to attend to 15 other things, right? And so that's God's plan. But I make my plan. Look here what the scripture says here over in Proverbs, the next verse here in Proverbs 24, 27. Do your planning and prepare your field before building your house. He says to make a plan, preparation, do it. So there's two prongs to this, okay? I'm going to commit my way to the Lord. This is how I seek the Lord. Number one, I seek God. I come before him. Lord, I'm asking you to direct. Number two, God, I'm planning. You gave me a brain. You gave me a, a mind. You gave me a will. You gave me a drive. Lord, these are the things that I want to use to honor and glorify you. So you say, Lord, I'm making this list today. Here's the ten things I think you want me to do today based upon our time with you, Lord. And you write them down and then, you know, and many of them are good things. Some of them you say, well, you know, you know, there's things you just have to do. Like if you're, if you're, if you're cleaning something, you don't have to say, Lord, should I clean or not today? God says, no, you've got to clean today. But you're asking him for his wisdom, his guidance, his direction. So you plan and you ask God to lead and guide. Number two is sharpen your skills. I want to encourage you to sharpen your skill. God has given every one of us something that you're good at. There's something about your job likely that has attracted you to it. You said, man, I really like this. Um, I don't think any job is a 100% perfect match. I think, you know, to, to every job there's probably 20% of things that you don't particularly enjoy about your job. 
But the other 80% you kind of like, right? So you, you enjoyed a particular part of the job. So you sharpen your skill. If I just said as a pastor, well, you know what? I graduated from Bible college in 1990, and that's all the training that I need. Boy, I wouldn't be able to continue on today. I read and read and read, and I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't enjoy reading. Like, it's, it's work for me to read. And, and I think that, like, it's challenging. So if I can get an audio, I listen, I listen. I download Kindle books like there's no tomorrow. Because, of the, you know, the, I got the little that. I can pay attention. Then I go to the next book. Then I pay attention, come back to that book. I got all that happening. But I'll tell you what you do. You keep moving forward. You sharpen your skill. And here's why. Proverbs 22:29 says, You see, do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure people. So the man or the woman who is skilled at his work, he gets to rise in his work, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, you look at this in the Scripture. There was a number of guys in the Scripture that did this. That, that We see biblical examples. First of all, you see Joseph. Joseph was sold off at age 17. He, he could interpret dreams. I mean, he was the dreamer. Joseph the dreamer, right? And, uh, and he went off and, and to, they sold him into slavery. He's bought up by some very prominent people twice. He goes through this twice. And, uh, and, and he's estranged from his family, but he works hard even in the midst of the oppression, even in the midst of the hard times that came to his way. He gave his all. He sharpened his skill. And he goes all the way up to be number two in the land. Twice he does this. He comes up. He's serving the king at the tightest. He's in the cabinet of the king twice. Uh, I want you to think about uh, not only Joseph, but Daniel. We studied Daniel last summer. We went through the whole book of Daniel. We looked at, hey, you know, this is Daniel. Daniel was, uh, uh, again, this was another guy that could, had wisdom and could understand things. And, and God gave him special knowledge to in, interpret some of the king's dreams. And so what he did, he went in and he was faithful. He kept showing up every day. He was under oppression as well. But he kept working hard. He kept growing. He kept growing. And what did God do? God said, okay, you're going all the way up to the king. And God took this little young guy and gave him a lifetime of service. And at the end, we see him all the way up to the king. We see uh, David. David was just a shepherd boy. And uh, David took five little stones and he went out. You know, remember the song, five little stones he took. And in his sling, it went round and round and round. And out came the stone. He took down the giant. And David kills this giant. He was proficient at his, at his slingshot as a young man. And so he goes out with his slingshot and he, and he takes down the giant. It was the hand of God, obviously. God Almighty gave him that. But that was the beginning of something for David. And then you watch what God continues to do as David keeps showing up. He keeps growing. God says, okay, David, you're going to be the king. And David became one of the greatest kings ever of the nation of Israel. And you hear people talk about King David all over the Bible. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says, If the axe is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring it success. You know what? If you're chopping wood and you don't have a sharp axe, (laughs) it's no fun, is it? Actually, I don't think chopping wood is fun at all, is it? (laughs) You know, but it's no fun with a dull axe. And so God says, listen, go out and sharpen your axe. But I want you to remember, look, you can go out and you can be brilliant, But if you take your brilliance without the wisdom of God, 
without that first, the prayer, without first depending on him, you'll, you, you won't go what you could do with God. Like this isn't some self-help thing. Hey, just go out and take another course. No, no. God says first you have to commit your ways to me. Then this is part of committing. Listen, folks, if, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, they ought to know you at your company as one of the hardest, best workers that they've ever met. Did you catch that? As Christians, we are the people who show up early and we stay late. We're the people that say, God has given me. I'm going to do the best that I possibly can with what God has given to me. God hasn't given me much, but I will use whatever I have for his honor and his glory. And so when I go out, when I show up to work, when I come into this office, when I come up to give you the word of God, I'm given everything I've got. Why? Because God says, this is what I want you to do. You're working for me. And that's what you do in your job. You work for the Lord God Almighty. Whether you are an IT person on a computer, you're, you're doing janitorial work, you're driving a bus, you're driving a truck, you own your own company. Whatever it is that you do, God says commit it to him. And then a part of that commitment is that we grow in what we do. We learn how to do it well. And I want to encourage you. Man, Christians, let's go out. Let's let it be known that the people who come to Crossroads, people have told me this through the years, people who come to Crossroads are the happiest people. And I think that's wonderful. We, we, we have fun here, don't we? There's a lot of fun up here. Why? Because we have the joy of the Lord. But number two, I want to give you this. We ought to be known for the hardest working people out there. We ought to be known for the people that have the most integrity, the, the sharpest. We show up to work. We give our heart and soul. And, 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 and listen, it doesn't mean that you won't have problems. It doesn't mean you won't have quagmire at work. It means that it's going to be work. And there's a curse, right? So we're living under the curse. It's going to be hard at times. But we go out and we give our all to the Lord. Uh, thirdly, this morning, I want to encourage you this. Remember the Lord first with your income, with the things that God blesses you with. You see, you go to work, the things that you have, you have this, you have an income that comes in. Put God first in that income. Uh, you can say it like this, share the profit. Take the profit and, and share it with the Lord. Remember, as Dan said in his prayer this morning, that God has given us everything. Like, God, you own everything. God owns the chair you're sitting on. God owns your car that you're driving out. God owns your house. God owns everything. He's the owner. And so here's what God says. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth. This is Proverbs chapter 3. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. That was an agricultural society. What did they do? They came and they gave God the top. They gave him the first 10%. You know what happens if you say, I will give God something if I have anything left over? You never have anything left over. It's just, it's the way it always works. Do you tell the electric company, hey, I'll pay you if I have something left over? Try it. See, let me know how that goes. I'd love to tell them that, you know. And, you know, they'll say, well, Mr. Barnett, it doesn't work that way. We'll just shut you off. I'd be like, good. I don't like paying your bill anyhow, right? Uh, look. God is the supplier. He's given you, not your boss, your heavenly father. And so his, prom, his principle here is this. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first, the top. 
I have made this a practice in my life since I've been a young man. The top, the, the very top goes to God. We don't wait and say, well, I don't know if we can afford to give anything to the Lord today. I can't afford not to. Because he's given me the breath that I breathe. He's given me eternal life. I get to go to heaven. Wow, you get to go to heaven. Thanks be to God for that. Well, my, my return to the Lord is, God, you said, and I'm going to follow your word. And so he says, if you do, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What he's saying is the hand of God will bless. Oh, it may not be the blessing like you think, oh, God, I think I ought to make this amount of money or this or that. No, no, no. It's going to be from the hand of God Almighty. He's going to bless you according to his plan. And he says, I want you to come and honor the Lord with the top 10 percent. So the the historical standard, we see it in the Old Testament, we see it in the New Testament, was we give 10 percent to the Lord. And as we give 10 percent to the Lord, God does the rest. God doesn't let his children drown out there. He's going to take care of his kids. And I want to encourage you, as you follow Christ, see, this is directly connected to your work. If you come and you work and you say, okay, God, I'm going to fill my own barns. And, you know, my kids need this and I need this house. And, God, you know, I really need a new driveway. I've been talking to the Lord about a new driveway for 15 years. God said, not yet. Not yet. Listen, that driveway, it'll always be there. It's okay. God says, I want you to give the top ten. If you sit there and say, well, what could I do with all that? Wow, what could you do without it? What could you do without the other ninety? I want you to think about that because God gives everything to you. And it's a principle that directly relates to work. Check this out. I'm going to read a number of names to you that you're familiar with. And I want you to see if you can find out what's common among all these men. William Colgate. He was the founder of Colgate, Palmolive Corporation. Some of you probably used one of their products today, didn't you? William Colgate. Henry Crowell. He was the founder of Quaker Oats Corporation. William Proctor, he was the founder of the Proctor and Gamble Corporation. R.G. Letourneau, he was the founder of the Letourneau Corporation, Earth Movers. Wallace Johnson, he was the founder of Holiday Inns. Robert Welch, the founder of Welch's Grape Juice. J.C. Penney, and you know what he founded, J.C. Penney's. What is common among all them? is that they all have, each one of those men have a published testimony of how tithing made the difference in their business. From the very beginning of their business, they said, God is going to be my partner, and I'm going to tithe, and I'm going to give him the first 10% back. And some of those guys started with 10. Some of them went to 15. Some went to 20, 30, 40, 50%. And one of them even went to 90%, gave God 90% of the profits, lived on the 10. Now, I'm not encouraging you to go give 90%. I'm encouraging you to trust the Lord. Because they trusted the Lord when their companies were small, when they were nobody wanted to buy anything, when it was tough. There was a man who came to Chicago many years ago. And he started a cheese company, and it, uh, it failed miserably. 
It was just terrible. He wrecked the business completely. A friend of him, a friend of his came to him and told him, he said, you know, you're a Christ follower, but the problem is you didn't commit your business to God and you haven't worked with his help. And the young man said this. He said, if God wants to run the cheese business, now this is what he did. He heard that advice. He, he heard, you know, I wrecked this up. And the man came and said, listen, you're not committing your business to the Lord. This young man turned around and said, if God wants to run the cheese business, then he can do it and I'll work for him. And with him, I'll work for him and with him and then I'll share the profits. From that moment on, God became the senior partner of his company, of his business. That young man's name was J.L. Kraft. And once again, you probably had macaroni and cheese to prove it, right? You saw the hand of God way back when. Listen, I don't know all about those guys' spirituality, but I'm telling you there are these testimonies of people. And I'm not telling you, hey, if you give, you'll be rich. That's not the Bible principle. The Bible principle is if you give to the Lord, God takes care of his children. And I want to encourage you because that's how you win at work. You see, if I'm driven by money, I'm not going to be happy at work because you'll always be looking for the next dollar. You've got to be driven by God. And it's okay to take different positions and move jobs. That, that's okay. But what is driving your heart and soul? And then lastly today, today is this. Keep on keeping on. I love that. That's one of Ernie Haas's songs. It's a great title. Keep on keeping on. Right? I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. All right? Now go look that up on your way home. You'll enjoy it. It's a good song. Proverbs 6 says this. And I, I want uh, check this out. The, the key word is be diligent. Be diligent. Keep showing up day in and day out. That is the key to success. We see it all over the Bible is to show up, do it without being told, go the extra mile. Look here at at Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the ant. Oh, sluggard. I love it. Go to the ant. Oh, sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. I want you to think about this because he says that, that, that the, the, the ant goes out and does this without being told. There's no officer, nobody that comes and tells the ant what to do. When, when I was a kid, I remember ants a little more commonly. I don't know, it just seems like I don't see them anymore. Maybe we've sealed up our houses a lot better. But when I was a kid... I remember watching the ants come in and out of the house. You know, it's silly, but that's what I did, right? Yeah. Do you ever see an ant carry like a breadcrumb or something? It's a little scary. Like this little ant, we had them, they were nasty ants. We carry this like way bigger than the ant. And it would go out and it would do it. And the scripture says that that ant goes out and prepares her bread in summer, gathers the food and harvest. Nobody tells him what to do. He works hard. He's diligent. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing with your life. Go out and be diligent. The scripture says here, How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? I'll just give you a little secret. Don't go quoting that around your house. It's not a good thing to quote around your house. You know, in the morning when I'm up early before everybody else will say, How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? Then I get, how long will you shut up? You know, that's what I get. 
How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, like folding of the hands to rest. And poverty and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Persistence is the major theme all over Proverbs. The guy who shows up, the guy who shows up is successful. Proverbs twelve twenty four: the hand of the diligent will roll, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. William Carey, I'm going to close on this. William Carey was the founder of modern missions. He went to Africa as a missionary. And as he went overseas to Africa, he was the most successful. There, he started mission boards. If you, if you were ever into missions, like Bible college, you had to learn about William Carey. He is the known man for missions, overseas missions. All these missionaries today that we talked about, they would all know William Carey. They asked him, how can you be so successful? And this is what he responded. I can plod. I can be persistent. I can persevere. And to that, I thank the Lord. I can persevere. We'll keep putting the rest of it up there. I persevere in any definite pursuit. To this, I owe everything. And I want to encourage you today. You can do this. Go out and be faithful. Be reliable. Be teachable. Be responsible. That's what God's called us to do. But it starts first. Pray and plan. Sharpen your skill. Go out, be consistent. But it's got to come first with God. And you keep God there. And God blesses all these other good things. Because without God, they're just good things. You want godly things. Godly things is when God's involved. I pray God's blessing upon your work and that you win at work. That we all win at work. Regardless of what it is that you do. Whether it's a part-time, it's, it's uh, your stay-at-home mom, we want God to bless in all ways. Amen? Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, we're just going to close our service in prayer. And I'd just like to ask you to take a moment and ask the Lord, God, what will you do in my heart today? God, with my job, maybe some of you are facing some really frustrating moments at work. And I'm not telling you it's all happy-go-lucky. It, it rarely is. But God will bless your faithfulness. He'll bless your, your hard work. He'll bless your integrity. But it all has to come on the foundation of Christ. Some in here today, you've not opened your heart to Christ. I want to remind you that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again from the dead to pay for your sin. All you have to do is trust him. And so if that's you today, I want to encourage you. Just pray a prayer something like this to God. Dear God, I need you. I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. You're my Savior. Jesus died on the cross, paid for my sin. He was buried, and he rose again. I invite you into my life right here, right now. Father God, be with each one in our church. Many of them have just prayed that today. Lord, be with each one of us as we consider our jobs, our careers, our vocation, our works. Lord, I pray you help the people of Crossroads to go out and to commit their ways to the Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us on this Super Sunday. God is good. Amen. Let's all stand together and be dismissed. And I want to encourage you to meet two or three people you haven't met today. God bless you. Have a great day.
I'm in awe. 